Hi and welcome to Play Like a Girl. It is November 17th and today we'll be talking about Colin Kaepernick again as well as the UW's new Nike contract and a couple other things as well. Let's start with the schedule. On Friday, volleyball will be at Oregon State at 6 p.m. and men's basketball has a doubleheader versus Virginia Tech in St. Louis. On Saturday, cross country will be at the NCAA Championships and football will be versus Utah at home at 7.30. On Sunday, women's basketball will play Ohio State at 8 a.m. and volleyball will be at Oregon at 1 p.m. That one will be available on Pac-12 Network. So this week I wrote about Colin Kaepernick again, just because as more news is like published about him, like the conversation is still going, and I feel like it's important to keep talking about it. So he was just named GQ Citizen of the Year due to his activist work, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I talked a little bit about how people who do activist work in sports still don't think that he should be doing the work that he's doing just because what he's doing doesn't necessarily relate to sports it goes beyond sports and so he doesn't work within like the community where he is but he also I feel that he has this platform that he can use to you know make a big change and so I think that's really important yeah I just agreed with what you said I just said that um, what has what he's been doing is beyond like the scope of sports, but I wouldn't say that it's to be beyond the scope of his community because mm-hmm. you can't differentiate like obviously he is part black and just being an American, you know, part of that too. But just the fact that he's calling for unity of all Americans, you know, and bringing light on the fact of police brutality. But I also think that it's cool that even though this has been going on for like hundreds and hundreds of years that the GQ article, the first thing they said was that he was unemployed because of him stepping down. And I think that people have been, like, kind of not really addressing that. They're like, oh, maybe this is a possibility or maybe... I think everyone knew, but no one had really said it outright. So I think that the article saying that as its first sentence was really impactful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and by community, I did just mean the NFL. I didn't mean, like... Yeah. (laughs) I guess I sort of phrased that wrong. I honestly just don't have that much to add. I really liked your call, and I agree with everything you're saying, and I'm glad that this is still a conversation that we're having. And also the fact, last time I kind of looked up on, like, know your right, his Know Your Rights camp, mm-hmm. and I think that's also, like, how he's been an advocate and an activist within the community, and it just goes back to the simple fact that you should be able to be an athlete and an activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing a lot of really great community work that I feel like gets forgotten, because we are talking about, like, you know, he's not playing football right now, But while he's not playing football, he is doing a lot of stuff. He's donated, like, a lot of his own money to help people, and he's doing a lot of community work. He's educating young kids and telling them how to deal with, like, the police and also other people within the community, how to, like, gain more access to education and just be able to separate yourself from the things that are disproportionately affecting, like, poor people, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's not that much to say about it. Like, he's just doing awesome work, and we should recognize that. Yeah. So, Molly, do you want to talk about the Nike article? Yeah. So, Molly is the news editor. She just published in her her section this article, I don't know the writer's name, about how Nike just recently signed a new contract with the UW. Yeah, so basically the UW and Nike recently reached a new licensing agreement that gives a labor rights watchdog group investigative access to Nike factories that produce UW apparel. And this is a really precedent-setting contract because no one has ever had this much access to Nike factories and had this ability to investigate workers' rights violations. And it's really incredible that UW 
was able to do this, and a lot of this was due to the work uh, United Students Against Sweatshops. There's been a lot of criticism of UW's involvement with Nike over the past few years, and they've been working really hard to lobby UW and advocate for this new type of contract, so this is a really big success for them and just kind of labor rights activists in general. You should definitely go read the article, though. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just... It's big for labor rights activists, and this is a big issue in college sports. I know it's mentioned in the article that several um, colleges have canceled or have decided to not renew their contracts with Nike because Nike didn't, you know, take this step to allow these watchdogs into their factories. And so this is setting, I think, a really great precedent for um, other college sports teams. Yeah, I, I honestly had the same exact point. Like they said, Georgetown, Rutgers, Berkeley, and UCLA didn't renew their contracts for that reason. And I think that that's almost as awesome as the new contract itself because it's saying that you are not going to comply with what we want to enforce regarding labor and like regulation on labor. And I think that, I don't know, I just think that it's awesome that like obviously they make, both sides make a lot of money off of it and to be able to cut that contract just for that reason not just for that reason as like diminishing the importance of labor laws, but just that they find that more important than the economic benefits, I think says a lot about those teams and like, I don't know, the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know I was talking about this with um, our sports editor, Josh, earlier, because we, th we thought that UW wasn't gonna re-sign with Nike. We thought we were, they were gonna do the same thing. And so we were talking about like, you know, who would they sign with uh, or who would they make a contract with and so I think that's something really, there's like a big three. There's like Nike and Adidas, and then there's Under Armour. Adidas has like just the ugliest uniforms. Like, I'm pretty sure they did those Miami ones. Did you see the, the gator skin? Oh, I did not see that. Oh, they're so ugly. Yeah, Adidas doesn't. Yeah, so, and they just took over NHL uniforms from Reebok, and they're like way more expensive, which is really annoying for me. Yeah, also, I think it's really yeah. cool that a university as large as UW, and this is going to be, this. I don't know how much the contract is, but I'm assuming it is a very large amount of money. Like, money, where mm -hmm. you put your money, like, speaks a lot about yeah. your values and, like, what you care about as a university. So for them to push for this, just, I'm proud to be at UW. Yeah, because nice yeah. Mm -hmm. they will be clothing all of the, uh, the sports teams. Yeah. And so it is something that is really significant for the school. Hopefully Nike will figure out how to make their jerseys, not Terra next. We thought this was entertaining. At the Portland Trailblazers game, I think this past week, a group calling themselves Brocial Justice passed out flyers trying to advocate for social justice in like the most like frat bro language ever. It was kind of beautiful, actually. I really enjoyed it. It's like what I've wanted every frat boy to be, and then they're just not. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. At first, I was shocked. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, this is colloquial language." But honestly, it's 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 just slang almost. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was like, "Oh, this is a really serious topic, and it should be written formally." But I think it appeals to the people of our time, and also anything that's gonna advocate, you know, for um, advocate for women, you know, not being raped and like not objectifying them. I think is just I think it should be spread, and I think it's cool that people want to do that. Mm -hmm. Although the language is really. I think the language actually added a lot. I think it added an entertainment factor, which makes it something that's more interesting for people. And sure. so it's a really interesting way to get their message across. And so I also just thought it was hilarious. Like, it was I funny. loved it. Yeah, um, it let's see. Funny. I should get some quotes. Oh, I, one that <laughs> listening is as chill as 
the effort. We all gonna be bench warmers and support the whole team. There was one that I really liked. Yeah, their main logo was consent is a slam dunk, so. Mm-hmm. Their goal was to get people stoked about feminism. They're just a bunch of bros who are coming together to make things more chill for everybody. It's like the most Portland thing. Like, Portland is the only city where I can imagine this happening. It's just, it's wonderful. I love it. It is. It's great. I, I support these dudes. And I support that they want to get together with other dudes and talk about their relationship with gender, which is a quote from one of them. I, I really admire this, so, yeah. It just feels weird, even you calling them dudes. Like, it's just funny. <laughs> I just, I think this is wonderful. I agree. Okay, and then so there was, I think, one more thing that I wanted to talk about. And that is, so, recently, Julie Chu and Carolyn Ouellette, um, who are the, the captains of Team USA and Team Canada's women's hockey's Olympic teams, respectively, from the last Olympics, so after the Olympics, they went on to play for the same CWHL team, the Montreal Canadiens. They ended up winning a championship together and falling in love, and they just had a baby. Which it was really cute, but so the thing I did want to talk about about this is not you know just the fact that they're really cute and like the greatest love story of all time, but that Hockey Canada actively encourages their queer players to not come out because they don't want women's hockey to be seen as like a lesbian sport. I had some issues with that. What do you mean by actively discourage? They're like don't come out like they tell them to not come out of the closet like is this coaches is this like i think it's like the people who run it okay so like the president i believe hockey canada has president i don't really pay attention to to hockey canada they have a ceo and a president yeah so it's like a business it's like once again like dehumanizing players Mm -hmm. it shouldn't even be about them coming out it's who they are they should be able to say I mean, whatever they want, like, they're people. I don't think it should ever be that their sexuality or who they choose to love should be, like, a political factor or anything. Like, that. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, and also there, um, there already is a stereotype that women's sports are, like, lesbian. Like, so I don't think, you know, those players actually coming out would have done much to make people be like, oh, this is such a bad lesbian sport. Women's basketball has many women who love women on WNBA rosters. I think that's something the fans embrace and celebrate. And so I think that it's pretty uh, homophobic to do this. I mean, like, it's like homophobic is the right word, but I want to say something even more like it's just feels very weird. Yeah, it's really offensive. Mm -hmm. I think the people who love this sport are going to support them either way. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, and women's sports do tend to be a lot more accepting than men's sports. So, like, I feel like they would have been accepted anyway. I'd be curious to know whether the people who are, like, discouraging this or discouraging them to come out or whatever are women or men. Like, I'd be curious. Well, the CEO's name is Tom and the president's name is Scott. Okay, I mean, so... I was assuming that I didn't want to, <laughs> Yes, you know. so I would assume. Um, I do believe there are women involved in Hockey Canada, but I don't know how many. I don't know any of their names. I, I'm more of a Team USA person. That's mm-hmm. all men, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd say, I mean, in a male-dominated, you know, patriarchal society, it's not, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. It's sad that it's not surprising, but it's not surprising. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about maybe, like, the top three, top five, like, retired players in, like, mm-hmm. our favorite sport. 
that we would put on a like all star roster? I, I mine's basically mine's the most basic thought like basketball team, but it's all the people that I grew up loving. So I said Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, well, that's Ooh. that's fair. Yeah. I feel like that's just like they're they're like their names are well known for a reason. Like mm-hmm. they were all really good. Yeah. My dad loved Scottie Pippen growing up. Like, I heard everything about him. And then I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was also on, like, The Bachelorette. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yes. I know. I watched that episode. And I watched the episode That's just the for episode. him. Yeah. yeah. He, they, had, they played, like, a basketball game, and then they pitted all the, the men against each other. And then we found out that what's-his-name was, like, uh, cheating, still had a girlfriend that he was yes. cheating on to be on The Bachelorette. Oh, I do really love yeah. Yeah, but that got me into the season because I was like, oh, he's coming on. And then, yeah, I kind of watched the rest of the season. Can mm-hmm. I do dead people? Yeah, you can. You mm-hmm. sure. Okay. I say the pressure's on. Well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, okay, I'll throw out my top five for baseball. Like, you got to do, like, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, maybe, Barry Bonds, Jackie Robinson, and, I don't know, like, Lou Gehrig or Ty Cobb? Maybe? That's my tentative top five. Yeah, so I would obviously go for Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Correa, just because he, he's the, I'm pretty sure he's the first Asian guy to go into the Hockey Hall of Fame, so he's half Japanese, so I'm a big fan of his. Was that three? That was three. I, like, I know that, but, like, it is hard to think of when I'm on the spot like this, and I thought of this earlier, so I should have done research. Let's see. If I were to go for goalie... I bet it's kind of cliche to say Dryden, but I would go with Ken Dryden, because he, he's just pretty solid. Martin Saint-Louis, maybe? Yeah, he just retired, but he's cool. He's I short. Nothing about hockey, so I meant nothing. Yeah. Was... After Wayne Gretzky goes out. <laughs> Same with baseball, honestly. Like, Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got most of them. <laughs> I knew the basketball ones, because I feel like they're I just the, such I knew, household yeah, names. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think any of us can do football because none of us like football enough to have that, like, you know, be able to name, like, our top five players ever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Play Like a Girl. You can find us on UWPodcast.com or on iTunes, and you can follow along on Twitter and join the conversation at UWPlayLikeAGirl. See you next week. wondered what drunk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates, where I ask that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.